Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So we're going to read that and we're going to continue to do this this semester and we pray that you are blessed by it. Are you excited and are you hungry for the Word of God? How many of you are hungry for the Word of God? John chapter 14 verse 12 says it like this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, Jesus said, the works that I do shall he do also. Who is he? That's whosoever. That's you and I. And greater works, now I don't believe that's necessarily talking about, you know, Jesus walked on water, we're going to fly. Right? I believe it's really referring to, and this is just my opinion, I believe it's referring to not the quality, but the quantity. Because Jesus had 33 years on this world, and he really had three years of ministry to exercise the giftings. But he's given us a lifetime. Your children can be raised in this and do great works at a very young age. So there are no limits, and we have a lifelong relationship with the Lord on this earth, and then it continues for eternity. But greater the works, greater the works shall you do because I go unto my Father and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, although I'm going, I am still present by faith and I'm giving you my name that I will do anything you ask in my name, I will do and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the key for the power of God and the needs on this earth to be met is in the name faith in the name but then he goes if you shall ask anything in my name I will do it if you love me so first things first if that's the stipulation you have to ask and then he said if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter and that he may abide in you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, speaking of himself, his spirit, and shall be in you. That is a prophetic word. That is a word of declaration for something that would come to pass and would and has happened. How many of you believed you have the Spirit of Christ in you when you got saved and you got born again? But we go back to this one portion of Scripture when he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's a self-denial, a self-denying of our own will to embrace the will of God, his commandments. His word is his will. And when we embrace the will of God, we are embracing, in essence, our cross in which we lie on willingly to let the power of God flow through our lives. The devil can't touch a dead man. Certainly not one that's alive in Christ Jesus. This Sunday morning, we're talking about limitless love. We're going to kick it off with talking about limitless love. I want you to turn to someone. I want you to tell them God loves you more than you know. God loves you more than you know. Now pray for the service. Ask God to bless it. Father, in the name of Jesus.
have your way today. Bless all of them that are watching online today, God, whether they're driving or whether they're at home, on YouTube or Facebook, wherever they're at, God, just have your way. Let us learn something today, God. Let us embrace the principles of your word with simplicity and love and anoint this moment. No distractions. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. And you can be seated and give God a hand clap while you're sitting down and tell him thank you. Thank you ahead of time. It is, um, it is a fact, I believe, that everyone knows how big God is. Even those that claim to not know God or don't believe in God, they know that there is a God. I believe everybody has a God, uh, even the God of unbelief. But the truth is, is that I think we understand how big God is. If you go back into your syllabus or if you give your attention to me just for a moment, I'm going to read you what our syllabus has to say in the very beginning. The question we, we kind of pose is how to live limitless, limitless every day. How do we live a limitless life every day? The first thing we have placed in here, it says, change how you see God. Change how you see God. So that means if you don't see God working in your life, what I would change personally, according to the scripture, is seeing him work in your life through faith. Knowing that he wants to work in your life, knowing that he loves you and has something for you knowing how much God is there and intentionally allowing things to transpire in your life like surrender, like prayer. God knows exactly where you're at and he knows the plans he has for you. Number two, it says change your thinking. How a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How an individual thinks in their heart, they become those thoughts. The core essence of who you are is knowing that who God is and how much he loves you. It changes your perspective on the outcome. When you have faith that God is involved in what you're doing because he wants to be involved because you have allowed him space. You have to give him space in your day. The, very, the most important thing you can do is put God in your schedule first in your day. If you want God in your day, put God in your day. Then you understand your thinking will line up accordingly because your priorities will follow your purpose. And the purpose is to become more like Jesus and to see the glory of God, the works of God. The last one says, change your confession. Stop speaking the things you see. Start speaking the things that God allows you to see. And there are steps that we can take to see these things happen. But how you perceive God is how you're going to receive from God. It's easy to see God for who he is, but you can almost look at God and he becomes a God of the distance. A God who is distant, a God that you only read about in the scripture or you hear about at church. But when he becomes your personal savior and he becomes more than just a word from history, 
But when the Spirit of God becomes alive inside of you through praise, through worship, through devotion, when you're devoted to Him and you give Him each a space of each of your day, you allow the Spirit of God to begin to work and you invite Him in. And then when you see God in your life, there is going to be a push to share him with someone or share your experience. How many of you go to a, how many of you have been, uh, when you find a great restaurant uh, in town, uh, when Victoria, well, first of all, when Victoria has anything new, it's like everybody goes to it, whether it's good or bad, right? And then you share it out there on Facebook, social media, Instagram, best food ever. Um, you start sharing something good with people. That's our nature. It's just in our nature. When you begin to share the love of God, it's because you have literally encountered the love of God. You can't share something you haven't experienced. You cannot share something you haven't experienced. You can't promote something you haven't experienced. You have to see for yourself. That's why I don't think we ought to be so hard on doubting Thomas. I think Thomas had a legitimate question and, and really a request. Except I see him. Except I put my hands in his scars. Except I can put my hand on his side, then I'll believe. What Thomas was actually saying to the rest of the disciples, he was saying... You know, you have your experience, but I want mine. That, that's, I think, good enough. I think we should all become that way. I think every one of us should be like, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to hear about it. I want to taste it for myself. I want to experience it for myself. You know, there's only, you can only live so long off of mama and daddy's or grandma and grandpa's Walk with God. You have to, at some time in your life, we all of us have to have our own walk with God. Know Him for ourselves. Uh, if you're in that position here as a young person or as a student or youth, whatever your, your, your age is, uh, you're going to have to have to learn how to walk with Him yourself. He can't be your mama, your daddy's God. Uh, and so even here, in this perspective, he can't be your pastor's God. He can't be, keep looking forward. He can't be your wife's God or your husband's God. Like, they got me covered. Everything's good. He prayed. Did you pray today, honey? No? Okay, well, make some time. Right? I believe in prayer. I believe prayer works. Prayer works. But the only way you can really be addicted to prayer is be addicted to love. I think there was a song about that. But, mm. When you're addicted to the love of God, nobody has to wake you up early. In fact, it'd be hard for somebody to stop you. If you have ever felt the love of God in prayer, whoo. Let me say it like this. Have you ever felt the love of God in prayer? Have you, have you ever felt 
that moment when you spend alone with him where tears are coming down your face and you really can't explain it and and then you're engaging with something that you really can't see but you know is real and it's not just an emotional moment but somebody met you somebody was drawn to you it all happened because the scripture says if i be lifted up he said he would draw all men close to him that's what happened at calvary calvary the cross the cross is where love was defined the cross is where there was a bridge between two worlds, a dark world and a world filled with light. And God said he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that's the only way you can really define whether or not you have the love of God. You can't define whether or not you have a love from God in your life until that love is tested. Just like you can't. You don't really know of how loyal you are until you have an opportunity to be disloyal. We only know that God so loved the world because he gave. But that giving was defined by the Lamb of God while on the cross being crucified, lied on, spit on, hit, whipped, nailed to a cross and while they're mocking he says father forgive them right there that was it love defined love defined even John begins to write and says if you hate your brother you don't have the love of the father inside of you you don't so we can say all day long well, God loves us. That's true. That is very true. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, but your own actions and thinking can let you not feel him. God, you can come to church. Every time the church doors are open, you can come to church every day if you want to. We, we, we got plenty of stuff. I promise you, plenty of We need a lot of help. But that doesn't change God's love for you. He's going to love you no matter what. But here's the really de definition of it. What will change is your growth of God's spirit. But it can only be tested by the opposition that comes into your life. And you're given an opportunity to let that love be tested. So if you really want to know how much love you got, check yourself next time someone gossips about you. Check yourself next time somebody's rude to you. The best thing you can do sometimes is just walk away. Just walk away. Don't open up your mouth and mess up everything. What I mean by that is because God will deal with you and you'll have to go back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have. The best thing you can do is. <laughs> How do we have to see ourselves? That's exactly where the love of God is proven in our lives, through our acts of service, through our kindness, through our words, through our forgiveness. The love of God is defined by adversity in your life and your ability 
to reach out to others. When the Pharisees approached Jesus, and here, here it is. When the Pharisees approached Jesus, they asked him, what was the greatest commandment? Jesus said, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart. How many of you people love God? All your mind, your thoughts, and all your strength and all your might. That's a combination of emotional and physical strength. To love him in all of those areas. But he said the second one is likened unto it. Equivalent, just as important. To love your neighbor as yourself. Notice he said to love them like you love me. You can't love them like you love God. No one can love God the way we do because we worship him. Right? So you can't worship people. That's the difference. But if we worship God and put him first, then we keep his commandments, right? As Jesus said, keep the commandments if you love me. But in that commandment, he said, give love out. Give it out. Show the love of God. You have to lose the fear of people taking advantage of you. That was caused by past hurts. You have to lose the fear of giving up your possessions and things as if you're going to run out. Because the true riches that you have, it comes from heaven. The riches you have in Christ Jesus. Let me declare over this house and just remind you, everybody in this house is wealthy in Christ Jesus. Everybody watching and listening, you are rich in Christ Jesus. Every resource he has, everything in heaven is available to you. Healing, miracles, signs, and wonders to see lives change. But God gave those gifts to bridge the gap. So how do we see God? We must begin. If we're going to see a limitless love in our life, we must, point number one, we must see people coming back to God through us. Through us. To God. God wants to use you. God chose to use us. Let me read you 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20. In the New Living Translation, it says, For God was in Christ. Christ was our example. The Lord Jesus was our example, right? So if he was our example, then we became the sons of God, joint heirs with Christ, Christ being the first fruits, and God used him as a template. And then you and I would follow suit because, again, Jesus said, greater the work shall you do. Making us equal in the works of God. But see, he proved his love on the cross. We prove our love with us carrying our crosses. And denying ourselves and giving of ourselves. For God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. He wasn't trying to qualify who was good enough, who wasn't good enough. He loved everybody. He forgave everybody. He for Here's the question. Have we forgiven everybody? Have we, is there anyone right now 
that you really have to say, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them because you're limiting God if you haven't. And that's evidence of where you lack the love of God. That's an indication. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. What's reconciliation? Here it is. I'm going to give it to you. It's right here in verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors, representatives. God is making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal through us. So every day you're walking with God, God is trying to get to your heart in prayer, in devotion, to make his appeal through us to people. He wants to use you every day in your sphere of influence. Have you ever wondered why you work with the people you work with? Have you ever wondered why you're related to the people you're related to? It's like, oh my God, why me, Lord? Why me? Maybe it's because God wants you to reach them, and maybe it's because God has a plan not just for you and your family, but the whole family. Maybe God positioned you in your business or in your sphere of influence socially or whatever it may be because that's the people God wants you to reach. So God is trying to make an appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plea, come back to God. Listen to that. Come back to God. What does that mean, Pastor Bobby? Come back to God. Did you know... Did you know that when Adam dropped the ball, and we all dropped the ball, I'm just going to tell you, it's one of my favorite sayings, don't drop the ball. But we've all dropped the ball, but Adam, well, Adam messed up bad. But Adam lost our authority and our identity with God through sin, and a transfer of power occurred and Satan became the God of this world. Satan didn't make this world. God made the world and God owns the earth. And God owns the heavens and God owns everything that we see. He created it. But the spiritual atmosphere was lost by Adam through sin. So Satan had every right now and has every right to come and influence people. And that's what we see in the world. But when Jesus came. Jesus came, and the scripture calls him through Paul, the second Adam, to redeem back God's people. The original plan that we had, that God had for us, was to be his people all along. He wasn't counting on Isaac and Ishmael and Abraham messing up. He, he, all of these things were an outcome, and God had to fix all of that. And if it's in his infinite wisdom, everything began to play out perfectly to introduce the second Adam. God in his infinite wisdom had a plan. And he knew Adam would fail and Adam would fall. But he had a plan. And he has a plan for us. And that plan for us is to use us, to save us, so he can get the credit and the glory for every good thing in our life. This life is temporary, folks. This life is temporary. This is all just very short compared to eternity. 
But the end game and the end goal for God is to get us all together in one place. And while we're going there, bring many, many people with us. When you live a life connected to limitless love, you see, you understand the forgiveness of God. So if God has ever forgiven you, you have to begin to love the people as yourself. If God forgave you and you've forgiven yourself, then you must forgive everybody else. Even if they haven't asked you for it. Ouch. I don't know about that, Pastor Bobby. Show me. Show me. In the Bible? In the Bible. It's there. It really is there. Come back to God. Come back to God. So when you're pleading with people, hey, I'm praying for you. There's an undertone in that saying, come back to God. When you invite someone to church, you're saying in your heart, come back to God. You belong to God. You don't belong out there in the world. You don't belong out there intermingled with that group of people. There's a better way to live life rather than be involved with, with alcohol and drugs and, and, and sin and promiscuity and all that. So there's a better way. We're not judgmental. We're not religious. We're just trying to give people a better option, a better choice, a better life, a future, and a hope. And letting them know that Jesus is real. The power of God is real. And his love is unlimited. You can feel the love of God. You can have the love of God. You can have a real relationship with God. If you want to go to church and just sit down there and be entertained, then I can help you find a good church. I promise you, there's a lot of churches all over the world and every one of them is different. And I really do believe everyone's got their assignment down and they have the responsibility. But what our assignment here at Riverside Church is this, that before you leave this house, that the love of God would come into your life full of full surrender, with full surrender coming from your spirit. And somebody says, here I am, Lord, use me, save me. I want to love you, love me. I'm here. Desperate people, desperate people, hungry people, people of passion, people of desire, pursuing after God. That's not crazy. That's what you call freedom. Freedom is what it is. Freedom is what it is. I don't know about you, but I have to go to an exciting church. I have to go to a vibrant church. I have to be around a group of people who knows what it is to be forgiven. I have to be around a group of people who know about the love of God. I have to be around a group of people who used to be, believe it or not, alcoholics or drug addicts, and now they're addicted to love. They're addicted to Jesus. Those are the kind of people that know how to party. Those are the kind of people that know how to have church. Those are the kind of people that know how to get in to the presence of God. I got to be around those kind of people. I can't be around somebody who's still stuck in the mud. Unless they want to get out of the mud. I can deal with that. But if you want to stay in the mud, I'm sorry. I can't do that anymore. I'm not there anymore. I can show you how to get out of it. I can't be around anybody who hasn't been forgiven because most of the time they don't see anything wrong in their life. So there's no repentance and no turning away from the world or the devil or any lifestyle and turning to God because he who has been forgiven much loves much. 
I need to be around people who love God. Is there anybody here who loves God? You know you don't really need to. You know you don't deserve to be here. You know you shouldn't be here. You should be probably hungover still. You, it's 1228. Most of you would have still been in bed regretting the night before. But here you are at Riverside Church worshiping God. Blessing the Lord with a smile on your face. Somebody give God some praise and tell him thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing me here. Thank you for putting desires in my heart to follow after you. Here, here's what I want to show you. The love of God leads to power. So point number two, limitless love produces limitless power. Limitless love produces limitless power. The cross and the love of God equals power. The reason why God can entrust people who have the love of God is because, as Paul said, he was trying to convey the gifts in the book of Corinthians. How many of you can recall that in the scriptures where Paul writes about love? In that 13th chapter, he writes about love. Prior to that, in the 12th chapter, at the end of it, he says, let me show you a better way, speaking of the gifts. See, the Corinthian church was on fire, but they had no wisdom, and they, they were like a Mustang without a bridle. So the apostle Paul and him being fatherly was trying to come in and teach the Corinthian church, let me show you a better way. You have faith in God, you have a passion, but you need the love of God to stay balanced and to stay grounded. Because love doesn't get puffed up, arrogant, it's not egotistical, doesn't want itself in its own recognition. Love is selfless, love is kind, love is gentle, love believes all things, love rejoices in truth, love has got the attributes and through that type of character, that's where power flows through. Because God can entrust people who have been forgiven and that are loved because they can handle it. There are some people, they pray for somebody with a headache, and it's gone. Oh, my God. It's gone? <laughs> Honey, you're not going to believe it. I pray for somebody, and God healed their headache all day, babe. All day, and just I prayed in Jesus' name, went. You know what, babe? I think I'm called to ministry. I think I'm called to ministry. Some are called, some are sent, others just got up and went. When you have a love of God, you don't think ministry. You thank gratitude, and you thank Lord, send me somebody else to bless. And you don't call nobody. Just kind of stay focused on that, that vein. Let God get all the glory for things that happen. We have seen cancer healed in this church. We've seen people that have been jumped by gang members because they were selling drugs. Hear me out. And they were jumped. And they come to church. One guy walked in one time with his ankle broken. Out. Out. It was crooked. He was hopping in. 
after he got jumped. He said, I didn't know where else to go. It was on a Wednesday night. We prayed for him right back there where the cafe is at. And as we laid hands on him, it was my family, all of us together, all the kids. We, laid, we were around him. We laid hands on him. He stopped, and he goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He started jumping up and down. God instantly healed him. Instantly. Now, you don't believe that? Oh, my God. This is that kind of a church. Yep, that is this kind of a church. I wish they would have told me that. Don't leave so fast. You may be happy. It may happen to you. God may heal you of your depression. God may heal you of your anxiety. God may heal you of your unhappiness. God may heal you of your fear. God may heal you of your sickness, your disease. I'm just saying God is real. But when you have a love for God, it's not like, oh, my God, look what I did. Right? I mean, let's start a tent revival, a tent revival. Real big. God heals ankles. What should be there is a hunger. Lord, do it again, Lord Jesus. Do it again, Lord Jesus. So what happens is, here's what has to happen. You have to begin to go back into the presence of God to get renewed on a daily basis if you're pouring out. But limitless love produces limitless power. Let me read you this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I'm almost done. Verse 16 says through the New Living Translation, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited, everyone say unlimited, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. See, he trusts you. He believes in us. You have to trust him. As you trust him, your roots, as you trust him, say it with me, as you trust him, your roots will grow. Trust is the definition of stability. At some point, you're going to have to trust a pastor or a church or a group of people where you can grow. There are some good people in this world, folks. Not everybody is what you have read about or seen on YouTube or in the news concerning ministry. What the men, let me just help clarify this really quickly for those that are skeptical and have been hurt by religion or are fearful. Uh, there are many, 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 many more people in churches that are doing right and living right and loving people and not taking the credit and, 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 and being humble to, to see lives change. And, and when God uses them, they give all the credit back to him. But because a few bad apples have dropped the ball, have lived high on the hog, that's South Texas talk, right? Doesn't mean everybody's doing it. But there are some good people that love God, have no ulterior motives, that are engaged in doing the will of God, and that are focused. But when God can trust you, and you can trust him, then you get rooted. So at some point, you're going to have to trust God, and trust the church, and trust a pastor, so you can grow roots if you're going to blossom and grow. You blossom 
where you're planted. You bloom where you're planted. So we always make our roots in Christ Jesus. But you have to be stable and lose the fear and know that, hey, no matter what, God's got me. So I'm going to choose to be stable, consistent, and I'm going to grow. Here's what it says. Listen to this. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Your root system will allow you to look at storms and say, I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to be here when the storm is gone. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to have stability no matter what the culture is doing. No matter who is talking about wars and rumors of wars, I'm not going to fear anything. I'm going to stay rooted and planted in God. I am not going to be fearful of a virus. At some point, we have to face the facts. Either we love and trust God or we don't. And we have to step up by faith and stop marking the church as one of those spreader, super spreader places. I refuse that in Jesus' name. I refuse all of that in Jesus' name. Well, this, I don't even want to go there. Let me finish this up right here. And you may have the power to understand, as all God people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. You may experience the love of Christ through it is, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be able to complete with all the fullness. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So when you have this understanding, you have more power and authority coming into your life to see lives changed. But it doesn't happen unless you carry your cross, die out to yourself, and start to have courage to love people. Then you see the, the, the gap bridged. Now all glory be to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. So you have to see God working in you to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God wants to use us to accomplish more than we can even think. If you have a plan, if you thought of a plan, can I just simply tell you where it ended is where God really starts. I don't care if it's a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 20-year plan. God has way more than that. And God doesn't go by time because he's eternal. God can accomplish what takes you 20 years. God can accomplish in one year. When you involve God in it and you do it for his love and you have right motive, you have to be dead. And you have to learn to love. Can I show you this graph really quick? Let me show you this really quick. What bridges the gap for people to walk out of darkness into his marvelous light is the cross. But in order to carry your cross, you have to have courage. You can't be afraid of giving out love or blessing someone through time, talent, or treasure and feel like you're going to lack resource or 
you're going to not be able to stand because the cross is the gap. But remember, your God has an unlimited supply. An unlimited supply. You're rich in Christ. And it outweighs the money that you have and the talent that you have and the giftings that you have. God's power supersedes anything you could ever do. So in order to bridge the gap, a person has to be in love with God and put themselves on the cross, be forgiving, and have the courage to step out and say, I don't care. It's not about me. It's all about him. That's when people can use you and God can use you. And that's when people come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Someone say courage. You see, in darkness, people are alone. They're separated. They suffer, they suffer with depression. They suffer with anxiety. They suffer with being lonely. They, 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 they just they feel like no matter, you know, I can be standing with someone and, and, and we can have the same illumination in our environment. We can be under the same street light, but yet I can be in light and they can still be in darkness. That's a spiritual condition. You're around people like that every day. In fact, you can be in that place if you don't allow God to forgive through your life. You can block the light. You can block yourself out of the flow. You can become a pond instead of being a river. You become a reservoir instead of being a life-flowing source for God. You see, when the love of God moves through you, it's because you've connected to God, and now you're connecting to people. That's the flow. That's the flow. God, people. Not God, me. That's not a river. That's a reservoir. <laughs> right? That's the problem. But a life that's overflowing, like the like like King David said, my cup runneth over. Because why? Well, because he knew goodness and mercy follow me. Goodness and mercy follow me. In other words, there's more where that came from. I'm not worried about losing out with God. I'm going to always be ahead because goodness and mercy flows in my life, and I'm going to have a cup that runs over. That's why David was a giver. That's why David was a builder. That's why David didn't get upset when he couldn't build God's temple, but he let Solomon build it. God said, I'm going to let Solomon build the temple, and David said, that's okay. Even though I can't build the church, I'm going to supply the supplies for the church. That's the temple, the tabernacle. So David didn't get upset because he couldn't build the temple for God. David said, God's been so good to me, and God's been so merciful to me, I'm still going to be a team player, and I'm still going to provide the supplies and bless him, my son so he can do it. See, that's what love does. That's what mercy does. That's what forgiveness does. That's what selflessness does. It puts you in a position to be used by God no matter who gets the credit. That's the heart of God. But here's, the, here's what God wants to do. God wants to use your life. If you'll carry your cross and deny yourself and love your neighbor as yourself, they have a place to go into the kingdom through your life, through your relationship, through you blessing them, through you helping them. 
Because God didn't just save us just to get us to heaven. God saved us to get us to heaven and bring everybody with us. Come on, Haley. And bring everybody with us. Your family, your co-workers, your employees, your friends, your neighbor, and your family. Like extended family. Like the crazy family. Like the family that makes fun of you because you're here today. That family. Pray for them. Reach out to them. God can save them. Can I tell you, I don't belong up here. I was the last person that anybody would have thought that would have ever been a pastor. I was the son of a nightclub owner. I was bartending at the age of 15. I was involved in selling drugs with my family as well in areas you have no idea when we were younger. When I was younger, I'm just telling you I wasn't raised in church, and I'm not saying it to brag. I'm just telling you that if God can use me and save me and raise up my family and do something like this, God can take your family and God can change your marriage and God can save you and God can use you to reach other people because there's nothing too hard for our God to do. How many of you want to be used by God? How many of you want to let God use you for a bridge to let people come out of darkness into his marvelous light? If you do, stand to your feet, lift up your hands and make this your prayer and say, Lord Jesus, use me. Lord Jesus, let me be that person. Let me surrender. I want to leave you with this one thought. I want to leave you with this one thought. And here's the challenge. You can write this down later. Start seeing our limitless Savior working through you and ask him to make you courageous. Make it your prayer right now. God, make me courageous. Get me out of my comfort zone. God, I don't want to be, don't make us religious. Make us courageous through acts of kindness, through love, through patience. Let me see where I'm at with the love of God. Let me really see, dear God. Show me where my heart is, Lord. Show me where my heart is so I can let you fix it and improve it. But give me the faith to step out and make a difference in somebody's life because what you don't use doesn't grow. Remember that. What you don't use doesn't grow. As we get older, scientists have said that the brain begins to shrink as we get older. So the best thing you can do is exercise your mind by reading and by doing word problems and things like that. It, it makes sense. Your muscle, your, your, your physiology, your, 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 your skeletal muscle, everything. But spiritually... What we don't use doesn't grow. God wants to grow you in the love of God. Tell him, come on, lift your voice. Say, make me courageous. Right now, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name for anyone here that hasn't surrendered to you. We pray that, God, that you would just receive them as they surrender their heart to you and ask you for forgiveness. Father, we pray right now for people that are here that, that have a hunger for you, that you would change their life, that you would begin to work on them, begin to work through them. Father, we pray right now that you would make every one of us people of courage, that you would define, God, who you are in our lives through our actions. Faith without works is dead. Thank you for saving us, but God, now grow us, mature us, help us, strengthen us, 